0: Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Uppert. Hello, glad you could join us again today. This week we've been looking at how Jesus builds his Ecclesia we've kind of reviewed the fact that the term Ecclesia, uh, its original meaning and primary meaning, was the name of the legislative body of the Greek city-states. If you would, I believe that Jesus, in using that term, on this rock I will build my Ecclesia, that concept is identifying culture builders. In other words, Jesus wanted to get people born again, And if you would, when he was talking to Peter in Matthew 16, he had said, who do you say that I am? Peter was the only one that answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. You're Peter, and on this rock I will build my ecclesia. If you would, he wasn't building the ecclesia on Jesus. He, excuse me, he wasn't building the Ecclesia on Peter. He was building the Ecclesia on that rock of revelation. And the first revelation that is utmost of importance is who is Jesus. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, but with that, then he expects us to expand his kingdom, He expects us to, if you would, diplomatically win more people to his kingdom so that they become a part of the Ecclesia. And then as they become a part of the Ecclesia, then he builds his Ecclesia. And through that, the Ecclesia, the the primary concept of it, the the concept of a meeting is secondary, secondary. The term called out, regarding the Greek city-states, it was those who were called out to vote on the issues of the day. That's why they were the called out ones. They were the ones to determine the culture of the day. They were to vote on it and to determine that culture. The meeting was purely... uh, Uh, just a logistical thing, to their purpose. Their purpose was to determine culture. Jesus, you as a child of God, believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, having that rock of revelation on the inside of you, you now are a part of his ecclesia that he wants to use to affect the culture. He wants to do that. And you see, through this, so often we don't look for it. That's why so many times when you get talking about it, somebody says, well, that's not what the Bible's teaching. When you're not looking for it, you never see it. You know, we've probably all seen uh, the, the little video of uh, two teens. Uh, they're, they're in different color jerseys, and one of them has a ball. And, well, actually, I think both of them have a ball. And they're passing it around. And, and the test is, see how many times the, the team in yellow passes the ball. And so when you watch it, then uh, you, you're looking for that number. And then the experiment is kind of like this. At the end of it, they ask you a question. Did you see the person dressed up, I forget, as a bear or a gorilla or whatever? And you go like, I I remember the first time I did. And I went, no, there wasn't anything like that there. And I went back and I replayed it. And sure enough, there was a guy dressed up in an animal suit walking through. But I never saw him because I was only looking for the people in this one color jersey and see how many times they threw the ball. Because I wasn't looking for it. I never saw it. And that's really what it boils down to with a lot of people with the Scripture. They're not looking for anything about their involvement in government and what God expects, so they never see it. They never see it. It's just not in there. You know, honestly, when I first began to see some of these things, you probably heard me say it before, I thought, well, you know, it'll be hard to find. Well, now I'm like, dear me. It's almost everywhere because now I'm looking for it. And it is sprinkled in through everything, just about. As a matter of fact, today I want to read from Philippians chapter 4, excuse me, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. And because we're talking about how Jesus builds his ecclesia. And He starts off here, he says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he says here that our citizenship is in heaven. And I'm going to try to pull up my little note here. Um, Excuse me, I'm actually going to pull up a different translation. Our citizenship is from heaven. Now, at that point, we just kind of have a very basic thought about that. But if you use Strong's Concordance, which is a uh, Greek dictionary, actually Hebrew and Greek dictionary, New Testament is Greek, and you look up the word there that is translated citizenship, the King James actually uses the word conversation. uh, That's the word that is used there. Now, if you would, in Strong's definition, the number one primary meaning of that word is the administration of civil affairs or of a commonwealth. The administration of civil affairs. Our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, we should be taking our directions regarding civil affairs from heaven. In other words, the things that are, we are engaged in here, and I'm not talking about what you fix for dinner, <laughs> uh, you know, different things, what car you drive. He's talking about the, the civil affairs Citizenship is a governmental term. So often, I mean, this is one of the things that shocked me uh, when I started finally looking for what does God say about government, and then I began to realize that so many of Paul's expressions were governmental terms. You see... We are representatives of heaven's government. Our citizenship is in heaven. See, we have a dual citizenship. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I have a dual citizenship. But not only am I a citizen of heaven, um, I am a diplomat, and so are you. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. But you see, so often we look at the fact that we're an ambassador as a one topic issue. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that we are ambassadors for Christ and that for, if you would, the population as a whole, we are beseeching them to be reconciled to God. Well, here's the thing. The word reconciled means to, (laughs) where where things are off, they're brought into alignment. They're, They're brought into proper agreement. If you reconcile your bank statement and your first time through, you're off X amount. Well, then you, You go through and you find the problems and you fix the problems. You bring it into agreement from that standpoint. We're we're asking people to be reconciled to God. But so often we think of that only as a one-topic issue. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. And we really don't look at it beyond the other parts. God has ways that he wants things done. God has ways that he wants life lived. He has ways that he wants governments to function. You see, we, we miss this so much, especially you know the, the books of the prophets from Isaiah all the way through Malachi. I mean, there's other places too but a huge portion of the books of the prophets were words to nations about how their policies did not align with God's policies. They, God had a standard of how he wanted things to function within the nation, and they were not reconciled to him. They were not in alignment They were not in agreement. Now, when revival would happen, they would come back into alignment. They would come back into agreement. Look at the book of Nehemiah. A lot of the things that they had to fix, and when their hearts would turn to God, they changed their public policies. They changed the policy of how they functioned as a people, and as a nation. You see, because of our false understanding of separation of church and state, again, if you think separation of church and state, only think of it in terms of the First Amendment. Only think of it. No establishment, no prohibiting free exercise. That is the separation of church and state. But the way it's been presented to us I like to call it the separation of faith and state. There should be no separation of faith and state whatsoever, none. And you see, why? Because we're citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors. And the role of an ambassador is to bring diplomatically, not militarily, not by force, but to win... The people where they're assigned to God's ways in this situation, or if they're an American diplomat, then they are sent to a country and they are to diplomatically try to win that nation over to seeing things the way America's the the, the current administration sees things. That's the role of an ambassador. Well, thank God, God doesn't change; He is good. We are sent here as ambassadors to reconcile as much as we can diplomatically to God's way of doing things in every area of life, from an individual's heart, from their faith, to just like the prophets of the Old Testament speaking to nations and saying, this is what God wants, And if you're out of line, judgment comes. Blessing comes if you align with him. That is a part of the role of an ambassador. Jesus is building his church, his ecclesia. See you next week.